Welcome to the Inside Texas Football, powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, with managing publisher Eric Nolene on this Friday. You know, we, we're, we've got post-National Signing Day. We've got team stuff. We've got Sugar Bowl prep. There's a lot to discuss today on Inside the Program, Eric. Uh, I, I think most people want to know how Texas is going to wrap up this, 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 uh, the 2024 cycle in the first window. Uh, but, but before we talk about that, please like and subscribe here for Inside Texas. We, we would surely appreciate it. Uh, the, the more the merrier. Come hang out with us at InsideTexas.com. It's a great time. Eric, how is Texas going to finish? There's one more day. Today's the last window to when they can sign. Yeah. There's a few guys still in the hopper, still in the mix. What are we looking at? Well, you got to look at the need. Need positions are still one more wide receiver and one more defensive tackle, possibly two. If uh, if if, it, if the guy's just too good to pass up, you, you never turn down the best player available because uh, it's so easy to make room on the roster if you need it. Um, but you look at wa- uh, wide receiver. You got Aaron Butler, Calabasas, California. Looks like Texas or Washington. Uh, I like him as a slot receiver, uh, a slot receiver that can still get vertical. They've got plenty of vertical outside threats in the class with Freddie DeBose, Parker Livingstone. And Ryan Wingo, of course. Uh, now you're looking for a slot that can work underneath, but also, you know, get them get deep on switch routes, get get deep on out nuts, uh, slot fades, that sort of thing. And I think Aaron Butler fits the bill if they can get him. Now it's it's a little tricky, right? I mean, we like UT's chances, but he hasn't visited. Uh, it's it's a late development, so you never quite know. Uh, but I know you're feeling confident. What do you what do you think about Butler? I I know that Sark told us on Wednesday that they could add another receiver in this class, and that should have ding the bell that should that that should have uh, alerted a lot of us and then the fact that they had you know chris jackson went and saw this kid a couple times uh, one time uh, a couple weeks ago during during the, during that period where you know he built a relationship he kind of got to know him a little bit we didn't know if it was going to be necessarily a take at the time and then they, they put a letter of intent in front of him on wednesday and said hey we, we're going to offer you and we want you um when aaron hampton flipped and i think texas anticipated Hampton not being in this class. I think they had a feeling about that recently. And I think that's what the Butler relationship, there's a little bit of that too. Now, Hampton was viewed as a DB in Austin, whereas Butler, like you said, he's going to be a slot man. Uh, but, but Sark had mentioned, hey, there's a chance we need to take another receiver possibly. And you and I talked about this on, on, on live streams where there's a chance they could grab another one and we wouldn't be surprised if they hit the portal for another one, you know, waiting to see kind of what comes out. I think Texas looks good here just because, you know, this is one of those late in the cycle kind of throw ins. You you don't know this guy's going to be in the class till about 48 hours before it happens. And and, and that happens every I think we get one one or two of these every cycle where you you just try to throw it out there and see what you can grab, which kind of, um, you know, it kind of leads me into a a couple of other guys talking about I want to talk about on the defensive line. But first. Let, let, let's pay the sponsors. Let's give our man plenty of love. Andre the Lawyer. He, if you're injured, call Andre the Lawyer, 214-444-8808. He is located in Dallas, Texas. Andre helps injured Longhorns, car wrecks, slips, falls, 18-wheeler accidents, on-the-job injuries, and wrongful deaths. Andre the Lawyer is our dude. He is the guy you need to call. He is a big supporter of Inside Texas. We're big fans of the guy. And if you're hearing this and he wants to help you, please give him a shot. 214-444-8808. Andre the Lawyer. Hit him up whenever you need to. You hate to have to, but if you do, hit him up. He's one of my my favorite posters, too. 
<laughs> hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like the lurkers myself. Well, yeah, um, the lurkers are always the best, but Andre's always, Andre's but, always you know, busting my chops. You got to stay on your toes around him. Oh, man. Oh, man. D-line, you're going, Texas is going into the SEC this year, uh, next in the summertime. They've got three really good defensive linemen in this cycle. They, they'd like to add another one. Uh, we know that they'll always look at the best available in the portal when it comes to D-line recruiting every cycle. We've had a few names pop up here, here, here recently, but and then we have some old names that we knew about. Let's start off with one that I think we can get out of the way pretty early. And that's Dalen Evans out of Pine Tree High School in Longview, Texas, committed to AM for well over a year. He'd been flirting with Florida for the last about six months. Uh, Texas and Blake Gideon. Blake Gideon had kind of kept the relationship going with Evans this whole time. He's the East Texas region guy for Texas. And so I guess they put a letter of intent in front of him on Wednesday and told him that they'd like to have him in the class. As of this morning, I think that is highly unlikely. I think it was highly unlikely to begin with, but we have to acknowledge it because you never know. It's recruiting. It's the last few days of the cycle. You you never know. And so, um, Eric, throw, throw out a few words about Dalen Evans, and we'll move on to someone that we feel like will go to Texas. Yeah, well, I mean, he you know he fits what they're looking for. They need another another defensive tackle. Uh, they like the swing guy that could play five tech on in, uh, similar to Alfred Collins has has played. Uh, Dre Bledsoe kind of fits that mold as well. Uh, he's got a good athletic profile, good good uh, track uh, or not track, but shot throw numbers, uh, hmm. shot put discus. He's he's got some explosive power in that regard. Uh, but yeah, it, this is it's a very weird development. He's been uh, committed to AM since July of 2022. I think that was not long after we saw him in DKR in June um, at a camp for Texas, and he had very little interest in Texas at the time. Uh, so this is a surprising development. Sounds like it's not going to go uh, anywhere based on what you're hearing. Uh, but they still need a fit. You know, coming into this class, they needed four defensive linemen. They've got two really good ones uh, as far as uh, interior space eaters in uh, January. And uh, DeAndre Robinson, they've got Melvin Hills who can slot around, uh, but they need one more, preferably a difference maker, preferably, preferably one with a higher floor. You know, I'd like you'd like a guy that you, you feel confident you're going to hit on. I think Evan's career can go one or two ways. Hey, you said higher floor, so we're going to shift to the guy with the highest. And and to me, that's probably, oh, man, I really like Alex Foster, but I think the potential tag is squarely on Dominic McKinley. Uh, the Lafayette, Louisiana cat. This is a you know committed to Texas A&M forever. He looks like he's going to wait until February to to go ahead and, and and sign, and so gives him another six weeks. Him and his family to kind of figure out what they want to do. We've heard Texas could get a visit. We've heard LSU is likely going to get a visit. Tennessee has jumped into the mix as well. Um, for National Signing Day too, I think Dominic McKinley and Alex Foster are two guys Texas fans need to know. Foster, especially Baylor commit, Greenville, Mississippi. That kid is a Tavondre Sweat starter kit, it, like our, our man Ian Boyd had described. E, tell me what's you know we know they wanted to get four, so we know they want it. They're going to push for one of these two guys, if not both, in the second cycle or second window rather. What? Tell me a little bit about both and kind of your gut feeling on on each one of them right now. Well, I think they're somewhat similar. They're both very long. They're both athletic. Uh, they can both play five tech on in uh, like Alfred Collins. I think Dominic McKinley is somebody I've uh, compared to uh, Alfred Collins in the past. Uh, you know, you know, I don't know that he's going to be a four year difference maker, but if it all clicks like it has for Alfred late, uh, he's going to be very good. Uh, tons of upside. Uh, he's just a rare combination of, of size and athleticism. 
Foster is very long, very long arms, got broad shoulders. He's, he's going to put on a lot more weight than he's carrying right now. I think that's where the comp, uh, comps to Tavondre Sweat come from. Yeah. Big old hands. I'll never forget shaking Tavondre Sweat's hand and feeling like the smallest man on earth. Um, just, you know, it's, it, people people equate weight with size. You got to equate where the frame is going to go. You know, like uh, Ty Anthony Smith, he, a lot of people are calling him small. He's not small. He's light. He's going to be big. Uh, it's all about where can the functional weight go? How, how much room can, how much space can you carry? Um, and Foster has a lot of room on his frame to, to carry a lot of good weight. So he's going to be an interior player. And, is, is, and if he keeps his athleticism uh, while adding that weight, that's where he can potentially become a monster. I think a lot of times the, the networks do a bad job of projecting where the body's going to go, which ultimately decides where the player is going to play. Yeah. Uh, that's what they missed on Tavondre Sweat. I had him as, as a four star. Everybody else had him as a, as a three, a middling three. Uh, but I had a good understanding of, of where his body was going to go. And uh, I think, you know, Foster, Foster's the guy I would take if I was Texas. Uh, but, I, you know, at this point, they can't get greedy. They got to get a fourth one. Hopefully they can get one by, you know, just recruit, recruiting both through the whistle, um, positioning yourself in, in both, and hopefully one breaks your way. But, you know, LSU's going to be all in on Dominic McKinley. That's going to be a tough one for Texas to win. Absolutely. And, and, and with Foster, too, don't forget, you know, he's a Baylor commit. He has stayed committed to Baylor this entire time. He's had a slew of schools come at him in the last three or four months, and he's maintained his his, his relationship with Baylor, and I kind of respect that about him. I, I love that that he's a little more open-minded, but he's also you know trying to be loyal. Because a lot of times people don't realize, they think kids easily decommit, like it's just a tweet they put out, that, that they do this easy. Kids really struggle with this a lot. Some really good kids struggle with decommitting. They felt like they've lied to people. They felt like they're they're going back on their word. And so Foster's one of those that I kind of re I respect that he's he's held so so true so long. And then with Dominic McKinley, I, I'm looking down the road. I like Darius. Let me tell you something. If you like Dominic's tape, <laughs> turn on Darius McKinley. Yeah, I, I think he's better. I think he's definitely got more upside. Just watch Darius run track, and you're like, he's an automatic tape. Yeah, his size <laughs> 6 3, 205. Yeah, I mean, he's a big old kid. He plays with a different motor than, yeah. than Dominic. So, but those are two guys, and in, 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 in those are two guys in the mix because Texas, like you said, they want to take four in this cycle. They're headed to the SEC in the summer. They've got to, they got to stockpile that place. They're going to lose some dudes, obviously. They're going to lose to Andre By Byron and, and, and a handful of, uh, of knuckleheads. And so, um, let's shift a little bit from recruiting. We, we've been on a recruiting buzz for the last 72 hours, it feels like. Actually, it was a little bit longer because I think yeah. Phil same committed early in the week. Then Brandon Brown jumped in the mix. And then uh, – Well, plus the portal. Matt, Andrew McCuba jumped in. Yeah, yeah like it, it, this week has been – feels like a month. And so let, let's shift gears a little bit because I think we've, we've almost forgot that Texas has a Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. And it's a college football playoff. And they are playing Washington, and that it's the Pacific Northwest. That's what I call Eric's region because he's more he's more familiar with, with with that 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 side of the country than we are down here in East Texas. Listen, Washington is is prepping; they're ready. Michael Penix was they they interviewed him yesterday, and and he had really it was funny they cut out part of his interview, and I, I hate when media does this. He had said, you know, all I really remember about Texas is we beat them last year, and so they cut the tape. Well, then someone else came in and rolled the rest of it. And so everybody was kind of trying to trash him and trying yeah. to say, oh, you you know, slide him. Oh, he's making a dig at Texas when they didn't roll the entire interview. And then he just gushes over Texas. He's like, look, their defensive line is incredible. The guys they have up front are awesome. He goes, they got players at every single position. So Penix, he talked up the 
the, the bunch pretty well. We didn't get an Iowa State like ceremony. We didn't get any, an O lineman, you know, kind of running his mouth. I think Pennix spoke of them well. Um, we had a little bit of team stuff go up early this morning. You, you posted that at InsideTexas.com. Please come hang out with us. What's the latest you're kind of hearing on team prep for Washington and, and the Christmas holidays and kind of how that schedule is going to play out? Well, it's been a busy week. They practiced every day. They're practicing right now, I believe. Um, yeah. Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday were very physical. Monday was a walkthrough. Uh, Tuesday was a little bit less physical. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of energy, very spirited practices. After today, they'll be off until uh, late Christmas night. They have to report back in time to, to, uh, to hit 20, the 23rd running. Uh, I believe they travel to New Orleans on the 28th uh, to get ready for the actual game. Uh, yeah, it's a confident group. I'm not going to say overconfident by any stretch. I'm not picking up on that. They're not. Of course, they're taking Washington seriously. I, I kind of like the fact that Washington won last year, despite uh, things yeah. not going UT's way. Lots of drops. You had Bijan sitting out. Uh, Roshan sat out. Uh, they were missing, you know, the, their two uh, motors on offense. And so I think Texas feels confident because of the way that game went went last season and the way they're playing in recent weeks. They feel good about it. And I think another reason is they just believe that they're the more physical team. Yeah, And, um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to disagree with that. I think the physicality is going to show up, not just with the D-line versus their O-line, but but on the other side, too, Texas' offensive line versus their defensive line. Uh, so I think they're right to be confident, but they've got to keep working. And, and, the, and then it's up to the coaches to make sure that they've got the right schemes and they got the right calls, uh, you know, especially on defense. You know, you, they feel good about what Washington's put on tape on offense. Uh, but, you know, Kalen DeBoer is going to have some wrinkles, uh, wrinkles for them. You, you nailed it. There's some confidence there. It, it's and it's not arrogance that they they feel like they can win at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yesterday, uh, Washington received the Joe Moore Award for having the nation's top offensive line. Uh, that hit the locker room and uh, the D line. They found their bulletin board material. Yeah. They found a little motivation with that. They 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 thought Texas should have won that uh, actually. And it's funny because two of the best. O-line, D-lines in the country going against each other on practice on a regular basis. So, But Sark's really good at finding little motivators there. But apparently Washington winning the Joe Moore Award, that'll get your attention on the D-line like they needed that, like they needed any added motivation. Yeah, it's going um, to be the Bo Davis Award versus the Joe Moore Award. I, you know, I, kinda, <laughs> yeah. I like the Bo Davis Award in this one. Outland, yeah. Trophy, Outland Trophy winner, Byron Murphy, you've got the uh, that article in The Athletic where um, – some uh, uh, Big 12 coaches are saying Brian Murphy is actually the better player than Tavondre Sweat. I think that's a, t a bit of a reach, but I see what they're what they're getting there because Byron is a, is more of a penetrator. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's a lot more than than just Tavondre Sweat. Ethan Burke's getting healthier; he's good. Baron Sorrell is hard to run on. Um, so yeah, I, I like Texas in this matchup. I, I can't wait for it. I, the closer we get to it, the, the more eager I'm getting. I like the fact these guys have been able to recover. I, I think that off time was, yeah. was was critical. You know, you and I had written about this in the last week or so about getting guys back, not just healthy, but recharged, yeah. re, re, refocused. And, 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 you know, Sark has been a master this year at keeping guys focused game to game. He spoke about it, I believe it was Wednesday, when right before they played Rice – he talked about Jared Elliott's volleyball team, those guys, those ladies getting upset by Long Beach State and how that kind of got the team's attention pre-Rice. You know, they were supposed to blow them out, and then we found out Rice was actually a pretty good team. They wound up being real solid. But it was it was a motivating factor. It was something to, to take from the program and also to take from the school. Um, yeah, the team prep is good. There's a good vibe there. And I'm going to echo what you said. I love that this team, they, these plays, these two teams played last year. 
I think that actually benefits Texas. I think that gives them a little heads up. They didn't play the best game last year and still kept it close. And Quinn Ewers had his breakout. People don't remember that. He had his breakout last year in that Alamo Bowl. They opened up the offense a little bit more. Ewers was a little bit more healthy. He's a little bit more confident. And he went from, I think it was about 352 yards passing. I mean, he had a, he had one of his best days, and so I love that they're gonna they're gonna face each other. Yeah, I like the I like that the defensive backs know the play speed of the wide receivers that they're gonna face. Uh, you know, you got Jalen McMillan back healthy, who had a big game last year, um, and you got obviously Roma Dunze and uh, uh, Jalen Polk, a guy from East Texas, Lufkin. They're not gonna be surprised by how well those receivers move. They're not gonna be surprised yeah. about their moves, their double moves, uh, how they run routes. Um, so I think that's a big advantage for the defensive backs. You know, if you're seeing those guys on tape for the first time. Uh, you might you might come into this game with a little apprehension. You might be playing on your heels a bit. Uh, I think Texas is gonna 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 uh, play play those receivers aggressively and soundly. And I think I like the fact that um, you know they're not gonna. I don't think they'll have to do, uh, dictate a lot of numbers towards the run game. I think they can focus uh, more and more in pass coverage and, and leave it up to the Bo Davis Award up front to uh, to stop the run. And I think they're gonna have to, especially when they're missing Derek Williams for a half. That one still stings a little bit. Yeah, Jade, an interesting note in the humidor today is that Jade Barron's been getting some reps at safety and uh, even Jelani McDonald. I anticipate Jelani McDonald going to right. uh, safety during spring ball. He's getting some looks there. Obviously, numbers are low. Uh, it's a bit of a concern, but, yeah. you know, Michael Taft so far and uh, and uh, Jaron Thompson have, have remained healthy. Uh, so knock on wood that that remains the case. Yeah, that, 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 those are actually big, big factors. Be sure and check that out in the human or at InsideTexas.com. Uh, we talked about about a little bit about how National Signing Day 2 could, could end. Dominic McKinley, Alex Foster, there's always going to be – there always could be the chance for the best player available popping up, a new evaluation, things of that sort. We talked about those guys. Finishing up this 2024 cycle, how do you think they're going to finish in the rankings? Because you and I both know the fans love the rankings. Yeah, I think it was yesterday we were we were talking about it at InsideTexas.com. How Texas, I believe, was number four after the Ty Anthony Smith ranking. We went to bed and they were the fifth ranked team. And then Oregon added somebody yesterday. I believe it was a defensive tackle out of California, which pushed them up, which pushed Texas to six. Fans love where you're going to be ranked. They love that final that final ranking. Give us your best idea of what that number is going to be for Texas when, when it's all said and done and those guys are signed, sealed, and delivered. Well, it sounds like they should go steal somebody from Oregon uh, to <laughs> Oregon's cause and, uh, and help Texas. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, my, when I say top five, you know, it's more about the qualities of top five and quality. Quality can vary uh, from cycle to cycle. One year, top five is the top three. One year, top seven is the top five. Um, yeah. My question is, did they fill needs? Uh, that's an article I'm going to work on in the next day or so. And yeah, they're they're on pace to finish to fill all their needs. They only need one linebacker. They filled that the other day. Uh, they need four wide receivers. They're working on that with Butler. They need a defensive tackle, as we talked about. Uh, they're getting close to that. I love. I, I care more about it from a practical standpoint, right. uh, from the roster management standpoint. What recruiting is all about is roster management. Uh, did did you feel the needs that you had coming into the into the class? We knew that they needed a high upside quarterback that was going to be okay following Arch Manning. Trey Owens is the personification of that. You know, we know that Tashard Choice wants two running backs in every class. They got a high upside guy and they got a workhorse in uh, in uh, Jarrett Gibson. Uh, they're on their way to the wide receivers. They got a two-way tight end, might not be uh, as game ready or as immediate as some would hope, but he's a two-way upside tight end that can catch the ball and block in Jordan Washington. So check the box there. Uh, they would have liked three or four offensive linemen. They looked at four for a long time, but three is okay given given numbers on the roster. 
Uh, they got a lead tackle, which is always a need. So that's a huge yeah. one. They got the center of their dreams in Daniel Cruz. <laughs> they got a guard that I think a lot of people are sleeping on uh, because of his mobility and Nate Kibble. So, and then of course they loaded up at cornerback. We I don't think we've even talked about it, but this has to be one of the best cornerback classes in of the century. Uh, and so I mean they they loaded up on a lead safety. They you know they had a lot hard time finding a lead safety in this class. Ended up being uh, Phil Simi, uh Jordan Johnson, Rebel. Uh, I like his uh, intangibles. Field general uh, got some quick twitch to him. Uh, got a good range as a run. run. I think he's going to be a tackling machine from the from the safety spot eventually. Absolutely. So if you looked at needs, uh, you know we don't know we don't know other teams as well as we know Texas. Okay, so but we don't know so we don't know if they match the exact needs that they they had. You can have a top five class, but it's it's heavy at one position, like we saw with Texas A and M and defensive line. Uh, was that really the number one class in the nation if you looked at uh, roster needs? No, it was number one based on on uh, star ratings and stuff like that. So it's a top five class no matter no matter what anybody says to me because, you know, I look at how they match needs. What's funny is and, – and Paul Wallington, our, our buddy at Inside Texas, and I talked about this yesterday. It's funny because South Carolina signed 16 four-stars. They nailed, they nailed 16 four-stars, yeah. and that was good enough for 11th in the SEC recruiting rankings. 11th. Yeah. And so I think we're, we're in new territory. Right. You know, this is a new ballpark, new, new everything. Yep. And I think Sark's fit into it pretty well with the way he started in 2025. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's the perfect head coach for this, for this climate for Texas. And, you know, we said it, it was all, it was all lining up years ago, you know, when yeah. Texas uh, was going to the SEC, the NIL era expansion of the playoffs. It all set up well for Texas. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, it was teed up for him. He teed it up himself, too. And, uh, you know, he's hit it right down the middle of the pipe. Um, he's the perfect coach for this climate, for this school. You know, every, there can be a different. He might he might not be the best coach for another school, but he's, he's perfect for Texas. Uh, I think he's going to show that in the next uh, couple of weeks, probably with a with a very spirited effort in the playoffs. And he's going to be rewarded uh, handsomely in January. Man, there's a lot of alignment going on in Austin right now. It's with a different guy than what we had thought, but it's definitely the guy that they needed and the guy that they wanted. And so I think you nailed it. He's perfect for this climate. Uh, one more time, I want to let everybody know about Andre the Lawyer. You know, this guy, he's a big Inside Texas member, but he's more than that. He, he is the lawyer you need. Call him at 214-444-8808. He's located in Dallas, Texas. He helps injured Longhorns. He helps injured anyone. Car wrecks, slips, falls, 18-wheelers, on-the-job injuries, wrongful deaths. Andre will take care of you. Andre, the lawyer, is the guy that you need. We love him at IT, and you'll love him in the courtroom if you ever need him. Give him a buzz, 214-444-8808. Eric, that's going to wrap up our another edition of Inside the Program. Uh, we, we, we touched on some stuff that could go on today. Aaron Butler, a little bit of Dalen Evans news. We touched on the National Signing Day class, how it could finish. In, in, in the second window in about six weeks. And then we talked talked about a team prep because there's some excitement, man. These guys have a quiet confidence. And the more I think about it and the closer we get to the Sugar Bowl, the better I feel about it. And so we went ahead and we nailed all those subjects today. Do you have any parting shots, my man? Well, if we don't talk to you uh, before, then Merry Christmas to everybody. Enjoy your family. Eat a lot of food. Uh, drink responsibly. But, you know, have fun, too. Not at the risk of not having fun. Uh, open some presents. Enjoy the enjoy the faces on your kids, and uh, you know, Merry Christmas. Do a big solid for us. Like and subscribe the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. We have we have. 
We have such a great production going on. We're so thankful for all the guys that have helped us behind the scenes. This thing is growing faster than we imagined. I woke up this morning with an amazing sense of gratitude for everything that's gone into it. Let's keep building it. Let's make this the monster that we know it can be. Like, subscribe, but mainly come hang out with us at InsideTexas.com. It's a great time. It's one of the best communities you're ever going to come across, and uh, it's at the best time. Good recruiting, great team. There's so many things going on. It's hard for us to keep up with. And also, have a Merry Christmas. Everyone, enjoy yourselves and welcome.